You're listening to WSUW 91.7 FM, The Edge in Whitewater, Wisconsin. This is Rashkin Report, and I'm your host, Yuri Rashkin. I'm excited to welcome back to the program Yuri Filstinsky, a prominent author, historian, and journalist who's an expert on Russia and the former Soviet Union, has been featured in hundreds of print, TV, and radio interviews worldwide. But I think one of the things that Yuri perhaps is most known to uh, most publics uh, these days is for writing a book with Alexander Litvinenko, who was, uh, well, I don't know, former KGB agent, if there's such a thing as a former, and uh, he paid for his revelations with his life when he was poisoned in London uh, with a tea that contained some nuclear substance. Um, so I think that those gruesome pictures were all over the world and, and seen by most, and sometimes a picture tells a better story than, than a long book. Uh, Yuri, uh, with that long introduction, welcome. Welcome back. Thank you. I think that... What most people seem to want to know these days and understand is what is the relationship between Russia and America when it comes to trying to influence American elections? Um, you have obviously experience of working with somebody from KGB at a you know, very high level as far as the level of understanding and information. Um, not, you know, so what, what do you think is, is going on here? Well, uh, this is a story which is uh, just starting uh, to develop, and this is a story with which we are going to live for a very, very long time. Uh, prior to elections, uh, of course, there was a suspicion uh, based on information received by several uh, American intelligence services that Russia is trying to influence elections uh, on behalf of Trump, uh, mainly through breaking into a computer of the Democratic National Committee and releasing through WikiLeaks uh, information uh, damaging, uh, it's questionable how much damaging, but definitely damaging to the Democratic Party. In other words, Russia was helping uh, Trump uh, to win over Clinton. Uh, This was not the only piece of information. Uh, For those uh, who, like you and like me, uh, speak Russian and have a chance to follow Russian TV broadcasts, both uh, in Russia and outside Russia, we knew from the very beginning that Russia is supporting uh, Trump uh, over Clinton. Uh, When we say Russia and Russian media, we have to understand that Russian media by now is, uh, for all practical purposes, uh, when it relates to politics belongs to the Russian government, that it's heavily controlled, that it's heavily censorship. And uh, Russian channels which were broadcasting in Russian, as well as Russian channel Russia Today, which was broadcasting abroad in English, were definitely helping Mr. Trump to become president as much as they could or understand. At the same time, Russia was involved and this was very unprecedented, with organizing an interview uh, of Mr. Assange, 
who is, of course, behind the WikiLeaks uh, reports and uh, releases of emails. Uh, there was an interview given by Assange to Russia today, uh, just prior to elections, and this by itself was very unprecedented as well. Uh, so from, you know, from any corner, from any corner, uh, we knew that the information was coming, that Russia is uh, helping Trump. At the same time, at the same time, Mr. Trump refused to criticize both Russian politics and uh, Russian Russia's behavior, and personally, Mr. Putin. I have to say this is, was kind of damaging for his campaign because this question was asked repeatedly what Trump is thinking about Putin or contemporary Russia, and he definitely refused to criticize Putin, which, once again, I think was damaging for his campaign because... Uh, it would be to great advantage of Trump to criticize Putin and Obama's policy towards Russia, because one approach would be, of course, that this was weak policy of the State Department uh, after, uh, under Obama and, uh, you know, even uh, weak military policy, which led to occupation of Crimea, which led to Russian invasion of eastern Ukraine, which led to Russian uh, intervention into Syria. So uh, other candidates probably would use these uh, mistakes, obvious mistakes or obvious weak points of Obama's presidency towards his advantage. Trump never used these moments to increase his attack uh, attacks uh, against Clinton or against the Democratic Party or against Obama and once again defended Putin as much as he could, both before and after the election, which is even more interesting, because prior to elections, you could claim that this was a part of, you know, rhetorical campaign. You have to win elections. All tools are good for this. Uh, you do not really care whether you are saying uh, truth or whether you are lying, as long as this helps you to uh, help you to win. But he already won, and unfortunately, we see that this does not change uh, anything. Uh, we see that the first appointment, one of the first appointments at least, uh, was the appointment of General Flynn who is uh, now a national security for Mr. Trump, who is well-known as, as a very pro-Russian general, which is a rare case. You will not be able to find too many pro-Russian generals in the United States Army uh, because Russia is you know, recognized as strategic enemy of the United States, not as a friend. Uh, then now, of course, uh, later, of course, we were all together, you know, invited to watch this uh, discussion, who is going to be a Secretary of State, Mr. Giuliani or Mr. Romney. Both of them were known uh, as people who were very skeptical about President Putin and Russia. Giuliani, of course, was outspoken uh, in terms of defending NATO 
claiming that NATO should be a very strong military and political organization, that the United States Army should be as strong as it was under Reagan, etc., etc. And I have to say that that's precisely why Giuliani was actually kicked out of the race. By now, as we know, Romney officially is not uh, thrown away yet, but I'm sure he has no chances to become Secretary of State. And indeed now we are talking about Rex Tillerson, who is well known as a quote-unquote friend of Putin, who is a person who received medal from Putin, who is a person who is financially involved and very interested in Russian uh, oil businesses. And by, by, by all, you know, uh, opinions of both Democrats and Republicans, he's extremely pro-Russian. And then, of course, we are discussing another person who is extremely pro-Russian as well, Mr. Bolton, who might be his uh, deputy. So uh, what we are watching, what we are watching uh, is actually is a surrender of the United States uh, in front of Putin uh, with a possible price which Putin will get in a form of Eastern Europe, which will be uh, given to Russia under Russia's control uh, in exchange for an open, probably an open conflict with China. Now, I'm uh, how to say it? I'm not a great fan of China. China, of course, is a communist dictatorship, uh, similar to the Soviet Union prior to 91. Uh, it's an aggressive country. It's built an artificial island in the uh, South Chinese Sea. Uh, in the recent uh, Pentagon memorandum, uh, which Pentagon releases from time to time about strategic enemies of the United States, three are named ISIS, Russia, and China. So China is the enemy of the United States. But what's happening now, I'm afraid, that uh, Trump uh, is trying to surrender as much as possible to Russia in exchange for having Russia uh, as an ally in fighting against ISIS and against China. And if the fight against ISIS could be accepted uh, by common sense, because uh, ISIS, of course, is a common enemy for both Russia and the United States, then the idea of using Russia in a future American-Chinese conflict, I think, is both uh, dangerous and damaging for the United States. And this actually puzzles me a lot. I'm afraid that one of the reasons why Trump is naming so many generals into his cabinet is because he understands that it's much, it's going to be much easier for him to give orders to generals and not to civilians. And Could it also be because it be also because he plans to go to wars? Right. And also because he's preparing Americans for a military conflict with 
China. Uh, this is, I think, is a very dangerous uh, road. Very interesting. Um, we're speaking with Yuri Felschinski, prominent author, historian, and journalist. You're listening to Rashkin Report on uh, WSUW 91.7 FM, Whitewater, Wisconsin. This is Yuri Rashkin. Um, Yuri, I have uh, so many questions based on what you just said. I will just kind of hit them uh, quickly, but one at a time. So do you feel that um, Russian services, um, my understanding has been that they have the intent to influence. They have intent to get this outcome. This outcome. They, they would try to. But do you feel that they have the ability um, to influence the elections? When we're looking at, uh, you know, electors who are now supposedly democratic elections are now demanding to see this uh, security report from CIA before they vote. Um, do you feel that uh, Russia had the ability to influence the elections? And what does that mean? Well, I, I think uh, we we have to separate facts from the results. Uh, the fact is that Russia was trying to help Mr. Trump to become president by all means, and which would uh, include what? Which would include uh, some, uh, you know, legal means like uh, Russian media both uh, in Russia, in Russian, and in English abroad, uh, and illegal means, uh, like, uh, you know, breaking into computer systems of the uh, Democratic Party of the United States of America. Uh, this, of course, is illegal. So, But not necessarily, you don't, you don't think like tampering with elections... And election machines, uh, voting machines. Well, this is... we do not know. You know, this, this we do not know. Again, uh, there are some people who suspect that this. What was... are the chances of that even being possible? Is this something that do you think has been attempted in the past? Are you aware of any instances like this where where attempts were made? Well, unfortunately, I uh, my uh, ability to. Uh, to make a, a conclusion as an expert in relation to computers is uh, literally close to, to zero. I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask this question. I do not know whether this is possible. I know that in Russia uh, itself, several years ago, the, uh, the central computer which counts electoral votes in Russia was placed officially under the FSB control. Uh, and it's the FSB which counts votes in, in Russia. But this is in Russia. I know that there are reports both uh, in Britain and in Germany that Russia is trying to and influence elections there. So uh, not speaking about some small countries uh, which uh, do have elections in Europe uh, from time to time as well, and which might uh, have similar, similar problems. Uh, in other words, if Russia managed to create a tool to influence elections, and this tool would include breaking into servers of uh, political, uh, quote-unquote, enemies, and using uh, releasing of materials from those servers into public prior to election, 
uh, with the goal to influence elections. Uh, this tool, of course, is very powerful. Now, the question is, how powerful is this tool and whether this uh, tool is able to change the results? This, unfortunately, we will never know. We There is no way for us to calculate how many votes uh, Clinton lost because of the activity of the Russian government. Uh, this question will no, never be answered, right? So uh, we, we, we have to leave it behind. We have to leave it further. But what's, what's troubling, of course, that Trump uh, feels uh, very insecure and now, even now, and he is, of course, afraid that if he recognizes the fact that the Russian government was intervening on his behalf, then people would ask a question whether he, uh, you know, might be considered illegitimate candidate and whether, you know, some other steps should be taken. Um, that's what he's afraid of, right? This is too far. We probably will never go that far. We are not talking about new elections. We are not talking about uh, not recognizing Trump's victory as a victory. We are not talking about replacing Trump with somebody else. We are not talking about this. All we are talking about is the understanding and the recognition of the fact that Russia was behind the uh, behind uh, uh, those attacks on uh, computers of the Democratic Party, so, so. and Russia was trying to influence election. At this point, that's all we would like to understand and to know. All right. So it, it seems like a crime with no punishment. Uh. Well, uh, crime uh, with no punishment except for the fact that, unfortunately, uh, I would say we know the answer to the next question. The next question is whether there is a chance that Trump did not know about the activity of the Russian government. The next question is whether Trump was not informed in advance about the activity of the Russian government or whether he was informed. In advance, and uh, this, of course, uh, we would be able to know after we see what the policy of President Trump is going to be after 20th of January. So far, through the you know naming of those people uh, like uh, you know, uh, Flynn or Tillerson, uh, Bolton, etc. I would say he is kind of forcing us to come to a conclusion that uh, Putin was doing him a favor, and now Trump is returning this favor, favor in a form of taking pro-Russian politicians into his cabinet. There are not too many pro-Russian politicians in the United States. Uh, Trump literally has difficulties to find them. That's why we still do not know who is going to be our Secretary of State. But if this Secretary of State is going to be Mr. Tillerson, if 
his deputy is going to be uh, Mr. Bolton, who are, uh, you know, from what they're saying now and from what they were doing before, uh, indicated to us that they are uh, very pro-Russian on, on the level of being Russian agents, whether they are agents of influence or agents, you know, this we would never know probably, but, uh, but their behavior is very suspicious. And um, it, this is going to stay with Trump. If they are within his administration, this is going to stay with Trump uh, forever, if everything is peaceful and quiet. And every, if everything is not peaceful and quiet, then unfortunately we are going to face even more dangerous uh, situation. You're listening to WSUW 91.7 FM, The Edge in Whitewater, Wisconsin. This is Rashkin Report, and I'm your host, Yuri Rashkin. My guest is Yuri Filstinsky, prominent author, historian, and journalist, an expert on Russia and the former Soviet Union. Um, Yuri, here's what I'm trying to kind of put together, because on one hand, I see that uh, uh, Putin is like in this kind of a metaphor that I have, I guess, in my mind, is he's uh, like Aladdin who captures the, the lamp, and the lamp is the power of the United States. And he rubs the, the lamp, and now this, this genie is his. And um, so my first question is, what would he ask this genie to do? And then a second, kind of a maybe a flip side, uh, there's, there's this confusion about CIA and why they released the report and all of this report. Is this really um, uh, because they want to go to war with Russia? Um, does do you feel that <coughs> Russia, that Russia wants to go to war with the United States? And how does the, all of this? Who's going to be fighting who in this brave new world where Putin is controlling the American might through his uh, appointees? Um, and, and I don't know. I mean, to what extent do you feel this control can actually be real, or is this something that maybe the Congress would, you know, do you feel it should step up and do something? So, your thoughts? Well, uh, both, of course, Senate and Congress are under the Republican control. Uh, at the same time, we know quite well that uh, Mr. Trump is not a, a Republican. Uh, so there are a lot of people uh, in Senate and in Congress who do not uh, like him and who do not trust him. Uh, so he might face some opposition within Senate and Congress if he tries to appoint uh, people who are obviously for the majority of Senate and Congress, are not going to be serve, uh, serving interests uh, of the United States of America. As we do know, uh, speaking about your question, what we should expect about Putin or what Putin should expect uh, well, those are two different no. things because what Putin expects is what we're going to do. But what are we? Are uh, what you know? If he if he found this genie in the lamp, um, what will he ask it to do? Well, I, I think we know what he's going to ask uh, uh, to do. Uh, he's going uh, to ask for uh, cancellation of sanctions. Uh, he's going to ask for recognition of annexation of Crimea. He's going to ask 
for recognition of the annexation of uh, occupation, with further annexation probably of uh, eastern uh, Ukraine, uh, Ukrainian regions, which are now uh, under Russian control. But then, unfortunately, uh, it's not going to stop uh, there. And this is a major problem, because we we do know, of course, that Russia is very interested in Belarus. Uh, there is a lot of activity around Belarus now. Uh, the schedule of uh, tr- tr- transportation of Russian troops for Belarus uh, for, 19, for 2017 was released, and it's huge. Russia is planning to move troops into Belarus. Uh, I think the security and independence of Ukraine, uh, once again, uh, is going to be under a great question. Uh, I think the the fate of areas like uh, 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 Pridnistrovia, uh, this is a portion of Moldova, which is under Russian occupation for many years now, uh, will be changed. Uh, I think Georgia, once again, might be at risk. I think uh, all of those territories are part of uh, NATO, NATO, uh, but the fate of the Baltic states uh, might be in question. So we might face a a completely different world uh, by the end of... uh, 2000 or 2001, um, uh, you know, by the end of the first uh, term of the the President Trump administration. So uh, this might be a different world. And uh, at the same time, time, what we know now, if this is going to happen, uh, Trump uh, will try to re- renegotiate trade relations with China. Uh, in order to do this, he probably would try to press China uh, with uh, a change in American foreign policy towards China. And this may, may backfire. This may lead to the conflict between China and the United States. Russia, of course, is going to be the only winner in this conflict because Russia is not going to support the United States and Russia will never fight against China. At the same time, it's kind of naive to think that Russia might be in a lie of uh, the United States in case of the American-Chinese conflict, because basically Russia has no fleet, and the Russian army, of course, is uh, even now comparatively weak. Um, It might be good uh, and might be used against states like uh, Ukraine, uh, but but it's definitely not going to be uh, used and useful. Uh, in case of conflict with China. So uh, the the whole idea of having uh, Russia as an ally in a fight against uh, ISIS and in this probable or potential fight against China is ridiculous. But, But ISIS, yes, China, no. 
Well, even with ISIS, you see, ISIS, yes, meaning that it's obviously an enemy. It, it is true. If you ask Russians, if you ask Putin whether ISIS is an enemy, yes, of course, ISIS is an enemy. But even here, and we see through the uh, conflict in, in Syria, Russia is not actually helping with their involvement into Syria because, you see, Americans and Russians, or American government and the Russian government, I should say, uh, have very different goals. Uh, Russia is intervening with a goal to be sure that the war in Syria will never end. Americans are intervening with the goal to end the war as quickly as possible. And this is going to happen every time Russia would intervene. Uh, Russia itself is not a peaceful country and never was. And uh, if you look at the conflicts of 20th century, you will see that there is barely a country from which Russia did not take a piece of land. I, I guess there is just one country uh, around Russia from which Russia never took land. Uh, so the, the, the rest of the rest of neighbors were always losing territory uh, to to Russia. So Russia is an aggressive country, and to think that Russia might be a reliable. Uh, a lie in a conflict, uh, even with the ISIS, I, I think it's very naive. Uh, Russia has its own interests, uh, which uh, unfortunately uh, usually are in contradiction to the interests of the United States. And uh, to think that Russia is in a lie, um, I, I think is a mistake. Uh, Russia is an enemy. Yuri Fyshinsky, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your um, vision for this uh, definitely complicated situation uh, with the listeners of Rashkin Report. Thank you. You're listening to 91.7 FM, WSUW, in Whitewater, Wisconsin. You're listening to Rashkin Report.